Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. So you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. And we are up. And thank you for stopping by this speaking road show. And I am your host, Rich Levesque. Um, being joined today by our guest, Logan Nellis. As always, the coffee's on and the snack's in the fridge, so feel free. Um, let me start, as always, with a reminder that you're doing the best you can today and every day with what you have to work with. Whether it feels like it or not, you are enough and you matter. So please take extra special care of yourself today and every day. On Beacon Road Show, everything is intended to come back to this message and to wrap around it. Because ultimately, we're all doing our best to be our best and to be seen and heard, both by ourselves and by the world around us. The goal for this show is to honor that by speaking of how that works for us and what it looks like. We'll share stories of how we're navigating that journey. We'll also talk about skills and tools that are available to help us along in our own journeys. And that's the thing. There's no one way for anything. We each have to find what works in our own ways and on our own terms. Like all things, treat it like a buffet table. Take what clicks, leave the rest. And whatever way you came about finding this little corner and however you choose to use it, it's an honor to have you here. Today's guest, as I said, is Logan Nellis. Glad to have you, brother. Glad to be here. Thank you. Now, Logan is a divine masculine leader and coach, inspiring people through aligned inner wisdom, love, and intuition. And in his own words, it is my highest honor, privilege, and excitement to work with men from all walks of life, meeting them where they are and as they are, while empowering them to step into who they have always wanted to be. Utilizing the body's innate intelligence, we will create access, understanding, and coherence between the mind, body, and soul so that they leave our sessions feeling touched, 
moved and inspired to step into their full body. Fuck yes. Okay. I love that introduction. Um, and I just, you know, I would love to know a little bit more. Um, you know, tell me about what pulled you, you know, into being a leader in that way. It is a thing that I feel like is absolutely desperately needed. Yes. Yeah. So about, well, going on two years ago now, I really had an awakening um, through a, a relationship that um, I wasn't necessarily even meant to be in. And I was in anyway. And what was happening was I was bypassing and I was gaslighting pretty much the entire relationship and not listening to the whispers of my intuition that were trying to come through and lead me in a way that was more aligned. And through that, it created this relationship, which was beautiful in a lot of ways. And at the same time, I wasn't allowing myself to fully show up and be fully aligned and my full body fuck yes and my full expression. And I was diminishing who I was in the relationship to quote, serve the relationship because I had given my word and I wanted to stick to my word and create that structure that I thought was needed when in reality, what was really needed was for me to really honor myself and drop into myself and, and really just honor and communicate what was really coming through to me um, instead of playing into the story of what I thought she wanted out of me and going into that and running all these rackets. So, after after a couple different programs that I, I went through, I had this huge just pop of awareness and I was like, holy crap, like I can't do this anymore. And it's not serving me, it's not serving her, it's not serving anybody around me to stay in this relationship based on all these uh, lies that I was telling my myself and, and others. And so through that, it was, it was rough. It was a rough awakening because it was literally calling me out on all this bullshit that I was telling myself and my friends and, and everybody around me that wasn't true. And I had to own all of that and communicate all of that to everybody to really be able to free myself of the box or boxes that I had put myself into um, within those uh, containers. And it was excruciating. It was painful. It was just, it was humiliating and it was, freeing experience of my life because then I could create in the possibilities. Like I stepped into uh, 
a nothingness that I could create whatever possibility I wanted out of. And so within that, I started stepping in to looking into myself and what was really there, what was missing. And one of the the deeper pieces that I I was missing was that self-love and just inner knowing and trusting of myself and my intuition to allow myself to come through and step into who I always wanted to be, which was and is a leader within the community to the the masculine, whether um, it be working with men, which is my primary focus, but really anybody that identifies with the masculine and, and as humans, we all have the masculine and the feminine and you can't go one without the other. There's always going to be balance there. Um, but my main focus here is is stepping into the divine masculine because the what what I've found just through my own experience is that, like many men now are awakening to what we've been taught, is really the masculine of war, the masculine of just taking control to take control and be alpha male when in reality, it's all about creating peace and love and and structure and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Protection, protecting the feminine, protecting the masculine, protecting our families, protecting ourselves, protecting um, just divine protection through everything we come into contact with, with a humbleness and connection to compassion and love so we can create the connectedness within each of us so we can then really connect with, invite in, and soften into that feminine uh, peace and aspect within all of us that then just creates the harmony. So that that's just a little bit of my story and, and what uh, I'm aiming to, to deliver and, and uh, be there with people through. I would say it does a lot to unwrap with all of that. And a lot of it to me and in my own experience comes down to, you know, what is my truth in and how do I ex- access that and, you know, and be able to do that and, even as it's runs counter to what is expected, what my hardwiring tells me, what I've been taught. And I'm obviously, you know, far from alone. And, you know, as you can obviously attest to, I think a lot of ways we come into a lot of, you know, roles and we come into, as mentioned, expectations and, 
you know, when balance is probably what's needed. And, you know, balance, of course, it doesn't mean, you know, playing the middle of that, you know, masculine, feminine, of course, there's going to be times where you're going to need to, you know, lean into that masculine. And by leaning in, it does, you know, you're going to be protecting, but protecting your you know, protecting the feminine, but not in a way that smothers it. And I think that's really where we struggle. And I know I've struggled in, you know, learning how to be that protector and be able to protect and keep, you know, keep them safe and have them feel secure while also still letting that feminine you know, shine its light, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I have struggled definitely with that in the past. And, and like, for me, like, whenever that comes up, um, and I'm, I'm going into my, my fix it mode of, yes, they're presenting a problem. And I'm just like, Oh, how can I fix that? Okay, wait a second. Hold on. Let me take a breath. Dissolve that lens and really just be there for them and with them in that experience and be able to feel that. And that alone creates the structure of of safety because we're holding the container for them and whoever to be able to share themselves vulnerably and authentically and have them feeling like they're actually heard and being listened to instead of listening through a lens of reactivity or listening or um, what what's another one that I, I find myself going into uh, not necessarily comparison, but like going into, Oh yeah, I've been there also. And this is my experience, but really just being there with them and, and experiencing their person, their humanness and holding that container. Um, that that definitely creates that that safety and protection and that and oh i forget where i was going with that but yeah so that that's usually i i've become quick to really assess where i'm coming from in those types of conversations and really i i think just inviting in the ability to take my my ego or wherever my come from is out of it and just be there yeah and you what you're hitting on i you know this is something that you know i'll admit myself i it's a still i mean everything's a work in progress it's always is and it always will be i noticed you know in my experience i've you know seen myself as, you know, trying to save a situation, trying to say, you know, like Leonidas in 300, you know, Ross Esparta! 
And then you realize that you, you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to and trying to, but in the process of, you know, I'll save you. I'll fix, as you had mentioned before, I'll fix this, but there's ultimately nothing to fix. They, you know, there's times when, you know, situations need to work themselves out or they need, you know, what they need is, you know, that presence and security to know that I've got your back. This you can fix this, mm-hmm. or you can do what you need to do, and whatever yeah. happens, I'm here. I've got your back. We'll process through what we need to process through. And for <clears throat> me, I had you know, I had learned you know, like a lot of us do, that. Well, no, it's my responsibility to fix this. I'm the man. I'm the master. This is what I do. You know, you know, and a lot of times when I've gone in to try to fix it, I've maybe I've technically fixed the situation, but in that place, I was, you know, there was no container. There was no presence. There was no listening. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I've you know left people feeling unheard, unseen, disrespected, and then all of a sudden they're kind of gradually distancing themselves from me. And I found, mm-hmm. wait, what's going on here? What did I do? I did the right thing. I was the good guy when, in mm-hmm. fact, no, I was you know really anything but. I kind of just you know went in and just, you know, what I scorched earth to the situation. And, you know, and that's a really hard thing to get your head around because there's certainly elements out there that, you know, pick up on that. And, you know, you, you know, there's that, there's a kind of a victim mentality in some circles. So you get into things Mm -hmm. like, incels and you know a lot of that stuff and what so but there's not a whole lot of you know hey you know this isn't really a thing either there's a balance here and you know there's another way to learn and but once you get to that place it is you know it's an awakening and it really it's you know in my way, in my mind, it was just, it blew it right open and just was a total mind fuck because it just said everything you've learned, everything you're taught, um, you, you know, that doesn't apply and that doesn't serve and that doesn't help. And that's, you know, 90% of your problems are because you're locked into this mentality. And Correct. no, that it's not this way. And it's not, you know, the opposite way of aggressive masculinity. Mm-hmm. There's, it's, you know, there it's a you know it's kind of like a third direction yeah yeah so yeah absolutely and i i just want to bring it back a little bit because there there are nuggets of what we have learned along the way that are divine masculine it's just they're expressed in 
not necessarily, I don't want to go into right or wrong or, or whatnot because every, everything's a choice and it, it, it is what it is and it is really what, what you make it. Um, but as far as shifting the perspective on certain things, because the masculine is about, you know, being in a logical action based and oriented directions and that there's nothing wrong with that. The, where, where we get into trouble with our quote fixing mentality is when we just automatically go into that because that's what we think we're being asked by people sharing their, their issues and problems and, whatever with us but if there isn't an ask from that person to do the action or take the action then there doesn't necessarily have to be or should be action taken unless there's clear communication about something that needs to happen and so i think that's like a, a big missing part is we just just jump in it's like I'm going to be your white knight. Like, let's, let's just do this and, and get over this, this issue when it's, it's not inviting. It's like, just, I'm going to bulldoze this and, and then we'll, we'll be able to move on when oftentimes it's, we aren't connecting to the core issue of what it really is. And we're like, we're touching on, the surface stuff, but not allowing any exploration because our, our listening lens isn't technically there. So the, the actions definitely need to be there. We need to be in action, but it's through the, the clear communication and channel between the two that needs to take place first in discussion and co-collaboration of that action before it takes place. And that, that's a huge code that I'm learning right now, working within this uh, very intentional community um, and emergent community that, that we're creating here in Boulder, um, which is really exciting, but it definitely pushing the edges on, on all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And you hit a part that I, you know, I kind of went around, but I, didn't really hit as far as the, you know, it's all about, you know, the communication. And if you're hyper-focusing on what you're going to do to fix things when you haven't even been asked to fix anything and may not be, because as you said, you're not present for what is needed, which is to be that container. And it comes down to basic communication. That's the you know, that's the thing of everything, making sure that you're hearing what is being, you know, what is needed of you and also, you know, in, in return as well. That is. Exactly. That is and then, and then being courageous enough to listen to your, to your heart, your inner knowing and that, that intuition, that little whisper that you get in whatever situation that's like you could barely hear it below all this mind chatter saying do this do this do this and it's really just a deeper listening okay 
and being able to voice that and share that and that type of vulnerability will allow a deeper leveling of that communication, which is so beautiful. And I found whenever I'm able to do that and trust what's coming up within, within my heart and intuition, and I speak to it, it just, it, it just creates magic more often than not. Sometimes it's, you know, it really depends on the other person too. And, and them taking self-responsibility over their react quote response or reaction to what is being shared and, and their um, ability to connect to their intuition too. So it's it's different with, with everybody. And and for me, the the more that I do that, the more that I lead from from my listening and intuition from my heart, the uh, the less I'm out of the the mind chatter and supposed to and, and this and that, um, which works sometimes. A logical brain is is great. And when really feeling into situations and and especially feeling out what actions to take more often than not, like my my heart knows way much more than my brain does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. And a lot of times we're so used to, you know, going back into the brain and absolutely, as you said, it's, you know, the brain is fantastic for what it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Exactly. And then, but there's other, you know, elements that we have access to that, you know, do the other things incredibly well, you know, and it's a matter of just, you know, learning how to stay present and learning how to listen to that. And also, you know, you hit a great point, you know, even when you, you know, you, I don't, I don't, not sure I like the word mastered, but I'm not really coming up with anything better at the moment. But as you're kind of more, all right, more proficient in that, that yeah. doesn't guarantee that, you know, the other, you know, the other person is going to be available to that. And, you know, I know that was, that's a trap it's you know when you get that sometimes it gets easy to snap out of it and try to fix but it's a thing you have no control over if somebody can't meet you where you're at it's not necessarily your fault or anything you've done Mm -hmm. it just may be where they're at at that moment and maybe it turns you know it might be that you know there's something happening that day that doesn't allow for it or if it's a consistent thing and it's a consistent obstacle, then maybe, you know, other choices need to be made. Of course, again, as you said, that's individual. And these are things that we have to figure out for ourselves and in communication with each other along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there are definitely tools out there to help a person to explore that edge of wherever they're at and it it's about meeting them where 
they're at and not where you want them to be. Like there, there can always be goals of where, where they, they want and set themselves up to like getting to. And if they're continuously projecting into the future and which that is great to, to really envision the future of where you want to be. However, if you aren't, if they aren't present to where they actually are and they're bypassing all of the things that are coming up in the present moment and not able to work with the emotions, the feelings and, and the things that are presenting themselves in their external environments um, that are saying, hey, this is going on, pay attention to me, let's work through this so we can get you there. It's, yeah, so there there are definitely tools to, to bring that presence in. And again, I, I think it, it just, it goes back, especially um, being a coach and being coaches, it's, it's that listening and it's not just listening to the words, it's listening to their actions, their behaviors, their body language, all of it together so we can actually get a, a full encompassing uh, view of where they're actually at and I start identifying the blind spots and not necessarily calling them out and having them be in a reactive space, but again, bringing in those tools to not necessarily coerce, but allow them to find it themselves in a way that that feels natural, that it's like just breakthrough. It's like, cracking open and awakening aha moments that then we can work with even deeper and then go into the next space. And you hit a, that's a really important element, you know, in, you know, communicate in coaching, in communication and in a lot of those, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's primarily, it's, you know, listening, you know, picking up if they're open to hear what it is that you're hearing and what you're not hearing. And, you know, there's, that's a big part of communication is what people don't say. Exactly. Yeah. And, and also, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, Nick, you got it. So, and what it comes, yeah, you know, what it seems like is, and ultimately people have to come and they have to you know, if, to see it for themselves and not be like, all right, I, I'm just going to say what I say to just, you know, get him off my case that, you know, nothing's getting accomplished. It, they, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't work until, you know, the client can actually come to it and see it fully for themselves. And, you know, that is such an important piece of the puzzle is, mm -hmm. Because eventually, if they don't, and if you know people are just kind of going along to get along, you're just ultimately going to come back to that. You're going to come back and hit ahead again later. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, working with with men in particular, 
what the downloads I, I've been getting in, in the last couple months here uh, through listening to various different um, uh, teachers and is, is that I think one of the main issues for men is that we can't, a lot of the times we don't even know how to um, name the emotions and feelings that are coming up and, and being able to connect the actual feeling in our body with our, the concept of, of that emotion or feeling. So that disconnect there, if, if there is that disconnect, oftentimes, like, until there is, like, we can't get to the next level of that, that deepening and awareness in our body to start to listen to our intuition because we're not connecting the, the feelings. So let's say, for example, um, and this is just a, a, a hypothetical here. So let's say I, I'm married and my wife and I are always in, in conflict. And so we get in this huge fight and she leaves after trying to get through to me and I'm freaking pissed. I'm angry, right? And she leaves. I punch a hole in the wall. And she comes back and she's like, why are you so angry? I'm like, okay. I just needed to get some aggression out. That's all. That's why the hole's in the wall. And so there's a disconnect there. It's like I'm feeling the the anger and, and all this emotion come up and I punch a hole in the wall, but then I'm still not recognizing that that is anger. And so there's a disconnect. If I can't connect that, that there's not really any access to work with that emotion. And so the, like oftentimes the first step in, in working with those types of situations and getting men to get in their body is using tools to allow them to connect to their emotions and emotional body as well. Now, when you say tools, um, elaborate a little bit on that. Um, give me an, ex you know, an example. So like basic embodiment tools, um, meditation, being one of them, like one to five minutes a day, just dropping in and really just focusing on your breath and getting into your body without engaging in your mind. So very specifically, just focusing on your breath and noticing what's coming up in your body. Like, do you have pain here? Do you have tingling there? Like just starting to identify your physical body sensations. Um, another is dancing. Like just letting go of everything, putting on your favorite song and just dancing and, and whatever emotions come up, really just feeling that and then just allowing that expression to come through and 
first just doing that and then actually bringing in, okay, sitting down afterwards and, and maybe journaling a little bit about that experience. So you're conceptually connecting that feeling that came up with, with what you know it to be in, in your logical mind. And so that allows the mind and the body to connect. Um, so yeah, those would be like two of the, the simplest, most basic embodiment practices that, that I do on a regular basis. Yeah, those are important. I know, um, you know, for me, I've got to have, you know, even if it's, you know, 10 minutes out in the back deck while the dog needs to lay in the sun, just kind of just taking that, just kind of really go in and for myself, you know, journaling, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a writer by, you know, nature and that's just always been my go-to. I just, I have to, you know, write things out and, you know, you say, you know, dancing, that is such an important one. And I think um, in a lot of areas, a lot of times men feel like, you know, that's, you know, not a thing you're going to, you know, as like not a thing to do. It goes back to, you know, when we were kids, you know, around here, we, you know, the local churches would have like the dances on Friday or Saturday night. And, you know, the girls would all, you know, you know, dance in the middle of the floor and, you know, all the guys mm -hmm. would like have like their, you know, little cliques of guys would all have like their own little corners of the rec center. And we'd be like, you know, clutching our sodas and just waiting, you know, <laughs> waiting for the next slow dance because, you know, that's what we're yeah. supposed to do. But, you know, I found that as, you know, I got older and, you know, just didn't get you know, gave less and less of a shit. And also too, when, you know, like my niece and nephew were really, you know, were babies and little, and you know, it was like, you know, dance around with them and just kind of have fun with that. And, you know, they felt, you know, they bonded and they, you know, they loved it and they were just, you know, laughing and having fun. And you just kind of got, you know, lost and just kind of letting things go. And, you know, and, but it's weird. like, even still like that, mindset kind of still gets in the back head like all right well you know they're teenagers now so they're not gonna you know dance around like all right so all right you, know, you can't find anything to make an excuse with and you know but it's kind of like you know that's important because you just kind of when you afterwards you, you do you feel free you feel like you know stuff lets go stuff breaks mm -hmm. off in that process and i think it's so it's underrated in a big way. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I um, I used to be a wallflower. the The majority of my life, I was a, I was a wallflower. I was exactly what you described, like just hanging out with the boys on the side, waiting for the slow dance because mm -hmm. that's what felt comfortable, and I could get close to a girl, like ooh, you know. And and so it wasn't till. Um, about six months living in Boulder here that I, I I really got immersed in the ecstatic dance communities and and it was just so so liberating and, and freeing to 
and it, at first, yeah, very vulnerable, awkward as hell, getting out there and like doing some weird body movements and you know just just playing around with it and being in a community where it's like everybody's doing weird shit <laughs> you know everybody's moving in whatever way they feel called and and i i know that's not the case in in some spaces but in in these ecstatic dance spaces it's like it's like once you see that there is no judgment from anybody else even if you're quote being like observed by somebody that that's hanging out on the wall like it's so accepted just to be yourself and just flow however you want and and so since i i got into those practices man my my expression is just so much more vibrant and and that that is a huge piece of softening into your feminine is that being able to be in that flow and it invite in the rhythm and the music just to, to come in and and take over your body without your logical mind saying i need to make this next move because it's going to make me look good it's not about looking good it's not about looking bad it's not about looking anything it's being it's about being in your body and really expressing whatever is coming up. And yeah, so that, that, that's been a huge part of, of my evolution is being able to get into those practices. And it, it's allowed me more freedom in my communication and how I show up in other spaces. And it's just so much more fluid and, and free and yeah and it's definitely vulnerable and scary as fuck especially for for men that have been programmed the way the way you're speaking to like you know that that's the way it's it's projected in in movies and and things too it's like the guys are on the side the women are dancing then we have to make the approach and then it's awkward and then we get shut down and then, mm. you know, or we might not, or it's like, you know, it, it's all, it's all that bullshit. It's just program that we just need to let go and just, yeah, just freaking be ourselves. You know, it actually reminds me of, you know, when I was, I think I was, I would have been a freshman in high school and I had just gotten into theater and I love doing theater. And my freshman year, we did a musical, um, Pirates of Penzance, I believe. And you know what? Having a great time, like dancing to the numbers. I was practicing with my partner and we're just kind of, you know, having a great time. And then for whatever reason, my dad decided he was going to walk in and watch rehearsal. <laughs> like there was no like reason why he would. It's just decided he was, and all of a sudden, like I felt myself just, mm -hmm. and I felt myself tighten right up, and like you know, and 
now the ride back home, it was just really quiet and really awkward. And yeah, <laughs> but it, it's like, it kind of like encapsulates that, you know, all of what we're talking about in, you know, cause you're kind of there, you're kind of in your vulnerability. And, you know, for me, home was the stage. Like I loved like, you know, nobody could pick on me. Nobody could, I mean, yeah, people could probably like boo me or whatever, but it didn't matter. I was in this, you know, thing. And you know what? You know, if they were throwing anything, I mean, the odds are good. It wasn't going to hit me. And, (laughs) (laughs) but that was like, that was always, you know, that was always my safe space. And, you know, I felt free and I felt light. And I think, you know, it's a matter of, you know, us learning to find that space or make life that space rather. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I, I, I go back to um, the Don Miguel release, the, the four agreements and like the, one of the biggest ones is, is not taking anything personally. Yes. And it's huge because when you stop consciously and, and physically taking things personally, it, yeah, it, it allows that freedom. It's, it's the not giving a shit and just being yourself anyway. And I, I think, uh, it goes to maybe a last part that I want to touch on is that, that victim mentality, um, I carried for a long time. It's like, these things are happening to me. They're happening to me. Everything's always just happening to me. And recognizing that, yes, things are happening in my world and around me in my external environment that are really coming into my space to allow me to see a deeper reflection of what is actually going on within myself that I have not looked at yet and that I have not gone through fully yet to get to that next level. And there's a choice in that. And it's, it's not right or wrong. It's yeah, there's, there's not a right or wrong in whether you choose to look at it or not to look at it, it's going to come through either way and in the right timing and trusting in that, but being able to, to recognize it and then make that choice to take the action and move forward anyway, even if you're scared shitless or you have your dad there that has a certain perception of you that has this influence on you and still recognizing that say hey dad i know what you want me to be and i'm gonna take this and make it my own and honor you as well you know and and take that and just own it and ah yeah it just i'm getting the the chills right now just just being able to have that that freedom of choice and awareness of that and not playing the victim and giving your power away and and having choice where you where you put your energy and give your power away is just 
is a really, really big thing within that. Yeah, and I think that is such an important thing to, you know, I'm glad this is a thing we land on because ultimately, you know, when we, you know, even when we think we're acting in a way that we've been taught or our anger or, you know, tells us is power, it's not. We are, we're giving, we are, we're giving ourselves away. We're giving that power away we're pushing it away that is you know mm-hmm. and sometimes it's conscious a lot of times it, it's unconscious and it yeah it, it's becoming aware of of that where you're giving your your power away and then having agency in that once you are aware and sometimes it it takes some huge freaking lessons to to really break that awareness open and it, it's a continuous daily practice. So um, it, it can be fun and it can be shitty too. <laughs> yep. But but all in all, like I another another recent download is like going into every day, waking up every day is like this is the game. Where do I want to play? How do I want to show up? This is where I'm going to put my power and my energy. And I'm making a very conscious choice where that energy is going to go and holding that, that boundary. Um, and, and just having that in your awareness from the start of the day and having that, that intention is huge instead of just waking up and, having life happen to you just taking taking that small little bit of control back amen there's a lot of stuff a lot of great stuff came through here thank you for that and i i can't wait to go back and you know listen to this again as i'm editing um because i think there's you know definitely nuggets that i'm going to need to take out of this for myself so i appreciate that um i'm gonna completely take it and you know and just we're going to bring this back, kind of take the turn. And I'm going to ask some kind of silly questions. Um, you know, first answer you think, you know, that comes through. Um, it's kind of, you know, I, with apologies to James Lipton and Lewis Howes, how they kind of end their interviews. Um, so first question, if you could jump into a time machine and go back and experience one event in person, what would it be? one event throughout history in person yes oh oh man that's a huge one um (laughs) i don't know why it, it it just came but um yeah the berlin wall falling nice yeah that's, that's awesome. interesting that that came through. That's awesome. And that's the thing I'm looking for. It's like, what's the first thing that comes through? Because nowadays it's kind of like, oh, I could think of all these different things. Like, what's the first one? All right. Next one. What's the one thing that if you go without it, it totally just screws up your day? Hmm. Self-love practices in the morning, getting up and uh, writing in my journal 
gratitudes, um, writing out love and intuitions to myself and how I want to hold myself. If, if I don't do that, I'm pretty scrambled throughout the day. I hear that. Um, a drive through it could be food, it can be drink, et cetera, that's still hard for you to pass up. Like, even if it's not something you take in anymore, you're still like, hmm. In and out, in and out burger. I don't, I don't even know if we have in and out here in, in Colorado, but definitely California thing. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I never saw one of those in Colorado when I was out there. Um, I went to one in Hollywood, and yeah, that, I did enjoy. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, um, might be a good thing we don't have them here. <laughs> yeah, sitcom family from any era that you'd want to be adopted by. Hmm. I'm not sure the the name of the family, but the Wonder Years always always got me. That's or, a good one. Uh, Boy Meets World was always great too. <laughs> yeah, like like just having Mr. Feeney next door and just being able to just kind of go and just collect wisdom as you need it. <laughs> yep, yep, and and having that. The friendship between Corey and Topanga also, and that, that lovership and that relationship was just so beautiful to, to watch all the way through. Yeah. You know, that was, they had a relationship even adults could learn from because it just, oh, yeah. that, you know, there was just the depth of it. You, that's just not a thing you really see in television. And it's really, you know, tremendously underrated. Definitely. What brings joy? Connection, being with people wherever they're at, having conversations, having insights and breakthroughs and just being being in love and in compassion with, with other humans and connection. Yeah. What brings peace? The same. And what brings hope? Hope. Hmm. Seeing all the people that are having their awakenings, even even just a little bit, and and awakening to the fact that we aren't separate and that we're all together and that to make it through, we need each other in connection. It doesn't matter who, wherever you're from, whoever you are, it's, we need community to thrive. And, and that gives me hope. Yeah, and, and creating a sustainable, regenerative, resilient world. Love it. Last question. What is the one thing you want people to think of first when you walk in the room?
don't even necessarily want them to think anything. I more so want them to, to feel the presence, feel just grounded, loving, compassionate brotherhood, sisterhood, just that type of presence that we're all human and I got your back. Yeah. I love that answer. Um, you can connect with Logan via email at the address is inner wisdom warriors all together at gmail.com. If you go into the introduction and you're going to see a link to a calendarly cal calendly account and you can schedule a free 30 minute discovery session with Logan. And yeah, Honestly, just check it out. Have an opportunity. Just you know, have a conversation and just really connect with what possibilities are there. I invite you to do this. And as we're winding this down, I would like to thank all of those listening. Um, however, you chose to do so. Um, you know, things like money and stuff and tangibles we can always get back, but our time is limited. We only have X amount and. You chose to spend some of it listening to us, and I'm profoundly grateful. Um, take a swing by beaconroad.net where you'll find my blog, links to past shows, resources for emergencies and wellness of all types, and some cool goodies in the Beacon Road store. Um, keep checking back because there's more coming in the days and weeks ahead. Um, or even easier, sign up to receive emails, and yeah, we can do that for you. Um, I invite you to visit and follow on social media on Facebook and Twitter at Beacon Road, the number 10, on Instagram at Beacon Road, and you know, on YouTube, search Beacon Road with Rich Levesque, L-E-V as in Victor, E, S as in Sam, Q-U-E, or check it out in the intro. Yeah, look at some of the old videos up there, and you know, I invite you to subscribe, and also to um, the podcast is on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and the usual suspects. Also, go wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a whirl. And if you're getting anything from this, you know, I'd love to hear from you. And you know, please share with anybody who might need to hear what's going on. Uh, thank you, Logan. Thank you very much for coming and hanging out. This was phenomenal. And I had a great time chatting with you. Yeah, def definitely a good time, Rich. I, I really appreciate you having me on and, and letting me voice my, my message and share just a little bit of who I am and, and how I want to, to help create uh, change in this world and trust that uh, the message was received. And and yeah, I would love to do this again sometime because there, there's a lot of content that we can Yeah, that would be awesome. So. There's so many, so many <laughs> things. I can't wait to just go back into it. There's so many nuggets in here. And yes. we'll, yeah, we'll let it go for now. Um, take care. Be safe. Be well. Yes. Perfect.